Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast, sponsored today by Caterpillar and 4constructionpros.com. I'm your host today, Brad Humphrey, and today's focus is on the top five ways grade technology saves money. And I'm joined in the studios today with two of Caterpillar's best, um, Lonnie Fritz, our heavy construction and road building specialist, and Scott Hageman is back with us in great technology and fleet cap- capability or compatibility. Excuse me, Scott. One of the things that that you wanted to bring that is so critical to this industry, and we've kind of coined this, I guess, podcast is the maybe the top five ways great technology saves money. Once you open up with us and give us, uh, even starting with the first one, how how does great technology save us? Thanks, Brad. The first thing I'd like to kind of focus on would be the fuel savings. You know, fuel savings has always been something in our customers' minds, and even more today in not only our customers out there in construction, but our own personal lives, just in the way we travel back and forth in our own vehicles. But the fuel savings we get through technology is we're so much more efficient with that machine because we're not using it longer extra hours, idle time, things of that sort, while we're making decisions. Grade technology in that cab gives us all the information, real time, what we need to do, and not have to look at plans or communicate back and forth to somebody else in the job. So that equates definitely to some fuel savings, which makes a big difference on a normal condition, let alone the conditions we're seeing right now with our fuel prices. That's awesome. Lonnie, I know you're seeing this with your contractor base that you work with on the fuels. Can you address that from their perspective, perhaps? Yeah, it's it's really multifaceted when we look at fuel and, and you know, the misnomer is fuel consumption, fuel efficiency. Just as a level set, fuel consumption is just that, the number of gallons or liters the machine is consuming um, over the hour, let's say, or over the production of the machine. But the fuel efficiency, and that's where really where the track meets the dirt, if you will, and, and that is where we're getting maximizing productivity per unit of fuel, per gallon um, and, and per liter of fuel. Um, so grade control technology, allowing us to get to grade a lot quicker in the fewest number of passes. Mm. When it scales down that time element, we're getting that production over a, a shorter period of time or we get more production over that given amount of time. And when we're doing that, we're obviously using less fuel to get more work done. So we're increasing the efficiency. And nonetheless, a very big component of that is it's more sustainable. It's helping save the environment because we're putting uh, fewer emissions into the atmosphere because we're using less resources. We're burning less fuel, getting more done. That's great. Scott, let's take us to the second way great technology saves us. Brad, the second way I'd like to focus on is machine utilization. So right now with the supply chain constraints that we have, we are seeing it more difficult for customers to get extra machines or sometimes enough machines to do their jobs. So with grade control, this helps those machines they do have be a lot more productive because they're utilizing those to their benefit each part of the job. No sitting on the sidelines waiting what to do next. Everything's in there. The customers are going very fast paced, very efficient but they only have so many machines to use. So now they're using all those machines, getting this job done, and then going to the next one. So it helps in their planning. But machine utilization is a very important factor, and grade control helps that because it's the planning portion that helps that customer with his utilization of the machines he currently does have in his fleet. Lonnie, this is a big saving. Uh, Can you address that again, maybe from the contractor's perspective? 
Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the key term I like to focus on here is effective utilization. And as, as we like to define effective utilization is that machine actually adding to the bottom line, doing value added work, not just back dragging and wearing out the cutting edge on a dozer, but actually pushing dirt and creating progress quantities in the development and the production in the building of that project or whatever task it may be at. And as Scott mentioned, you know, constrained availability these days is there's a finite supply of machines in our fleet, let's say. How can we maximize and get the most out of it? Look at idle time, measure your idle time, and why do we have idle time uh, above industry standards or above the tolerance of our company? That's one thing to look at and how do we decrease that. Look at machine operational best practices. Leverage the expertise of your dealer. Leverage the expertise of Caterpillar. Is our job set set up right? But when we look at the actual machine itself, um, there's a lot of those great best practices for a wheel loader, entire revolution, and how we set up the hauling unit to the face um, with the excavator. We've got the final drives behind us, the bucket angles, the stick angles, the swing angles. Um, when we look at a dozer, you know, is that blade loaded in two lengths of the tractor and shedding its material? So utilization becomes a big word. Um, we can do a lot of support work or a lot of extra work, but we really need that effective utilization to maximize every hour that wheel is turning or those tracks are turning and trying to accomplish that task. You know, Alon, you're hitting upon something so so effective through through the, that second way that Scott shared on utilization. That's not even a word we heard used very often 30 years ago. I, I think people under, maybe inherently understood it, but we're certainly talking about it now for sure. Scott, Let's go to number three, the third way great technology saves. So the third way I'd like to bring up would be scalability. And once again, piggybacking on that machine utilization and sometimes the lack of machines our customers can get their hands on nowadays. In the past, they might have had specific pieces of equipment to do specific grade controlled tasks. That might not be a an opportunity for them right now. So that same machine needs to be scalable so it can have a 2D technology on it today and then tomorrow or next week, it can easily be retrofitted or added sensors on and some hardware to it to make it a 3D machine so they can still get the benefit of that one piece of iron that they do have in their fleet opposed to in the past, maybe having a dedicated 2D machine and a dedicated 3D machine. So the scalability, the plug and play capability of these machines without taking the welder out and the grinder out and butt splicing wires and here and there, the scalability we have on our machines for this grade control technology makes it very adaptable for the customer's applications. Scott, I don't know if you did this on purpose. With it being right in the middle of five, that's that's fantastic. I, I love the scalability discussion because it's so appropriate for so many contractors, and I think it gives them greater flexibility. Hey, uh, Lonnie, give me some thoughts on it. I don't want to steal any thunder from you, but how do contractors look at scalability, and what's the benefit to them? Well, you know, scalability, Brad, for me is, you know, synonymous with flexibility, right? Yep. So, again, what is that machine setting out to achieve today? Um if we're looking at a, a mass excavation scenario, the universal total station is probably not the, the setup we're going to need. And why would we ever put that prism in harm's way of getting damaged? Right. Um, so when I can scale that machine from, uh, let's go back to motor graders, for example, and sticking with that, because that's a very scalable machine. There's five different levels for a matter. You know, if you look at Sonic and then you look at laser and you got the onboard 2D grade and you have the UTS um, and then you roll back to the GNSS or global navigation satellite system with the, with the GPS um, technology, 
of motor grader is highly scalable, but maybe I'm just tracing curb today. And what's really important is to have the reveal on that curb for the depth of aggregate base course and pavement that's going to go up against it. The UTS one is overkill. It's not necessarily for that application. So it's really configuring the machine when you spec it out upon purchase or rental and then configuring it on the job site when you're ready to put it into action. No need for all the design files in, in getting that machine fully prepped if a 2D solution is all you need to accomplish uh, the application. Lonnie, real quick, UTS, what does that stand for? Universal Total Station. So that gets us our millimeter accuracy. Gotcha. Perfect. Perfect. Man, let's keep this going. Scott, give us the fourth way that might uh, great technology may save us. The fourth way, I would produce a better quality product because I've increased my operator productivity. So there's two ways to increase that operator productivity that really jumps out in my mind is one, the younger operator, you know, the, the labor shortage that we have out there and the laborer is not typically a laborer here. It'd be an, an operator, you know, operator engineer, but we don't have as many of them available. So then when we do get somebody that is willing to help out and has some aptitude to enjoy the, the trade, we can use grade control to help him get up to a productivity level that's acceptable to the customer. So they're getting some bang for their buck for the money they have. And then the second age old realm there would be myself personally, Brad. I'm starting to get a little bit older. I've admitted that I need some cheaters reading glasses. <laughs> I can be more productive with grade control in my machine because I'm not looking at those grade stakes down the way and trying to read some numbers off those. Mm. I'm actually seeing those cuts and fills right there in a nice big screen <laughs> with big font that helps my 50 year old eyes focus on where I need to put that blade tip opposed to looking at grade stakes in front of me. So it kind of brings the younger operator up and then also maintains that older operator to, to maintain his productivity, even though he's kind of creeping up there in the, the age class. Well, I tell you what, you use a magic word for many contractors, and that's productivity. Anything we can do to help increase productivity is a good thing. Lonnie, take us down that road with contractors. Yeah, you know, one way grade control helps us be more productive is, uh, you know, we're all facing skilled labor shortage or the lesser skilled operator, just from a standpoint of carrying grade, you know, Scott mentions, you know, from the standpoint of the optics, <laughs> not being able to see, you know, 50 feet for that one precious grade check spot with the cutter fill. And then the next one, um, you know, we're not all blessed with the years and the hours of experience in the seat and really feeling great, you know, in the seat of our pants, as the old boys used to say. Um, so now with the grade control technology, not only do I have that entire design right off uh, to the right or left me on the display, I've been empowered with all that information, but the machine will carry that grade for me every single millimeter of the job. I don't have to try to hit from 50 foot increments, 2,500 feet, whatever the, the information may be given to me. So it really um, helps um, that learning curve become a little bit less steep, if you will. It flattens that curve off and therefore increases our production because we're getting to grade faster. Um, regardless of the skill level, we don't have to have that 10, 15 year veteran. We can get up to speed a lot quicker because why? We're putting fewer inputs into the machine because we're letting the machine do some of that work instead of it all coming from our fingertips. Well, that's, that's a breath of fresh air for a lot of contractors. I hope they're listening to, to that point alone. Scott, take us down the home stretch with the fifth way great technology saves. So number five would be machine wear and material overages. 
So the machine wear, you know, our machines are designed to have some parts that do wear and then you need to replace those parts. Once again, we know sometimes parts right now are hard to come by. So if we're not using or abusing the hours and the, the time spent on those machines to just move material back and forth, we're actually putting it where it needs to go the first time. We're not gonna spend as many hours wearing down those parts that might need to be replaced in the future. And then the material, you know, you can move that windrow back and forth all day long and it's real pretty and it's really, you know, encouraging to see that and, you know, might lull yourself to sleep if you're retired and you're sitting in a lawn chair watching a project go next to your, your house there. But that's not helping the customer. You know, we want to get that material windrowed the first time, the first location, and then be done and moving on to that job. So that technology, giving him his cuts and fills and direction at all times, like Lonnie alluded to, not just here and there where the grade stakes are, no matter where you are on that job site, it's giving you cuts and fills and giving you guidance. Going to move that material once to the right location and then also would save the wear and tear on that machine because you're using that machine less. Well, those windrows are almost proof positive of that grade uh, accuracy and technology just alone. I love that because I've seen that happen just recently here in my own work with clients. Um, Lonnie, take us down the road also from a contractor standpoint. This is this is a great fifth and final point. Yeah, when you look at the machine wear component, you know, you, it, my mind goes right to total cost of ownership and the component of operating cost, which when we look at maintenance and repair, um, especially repair, that's a function of wear. Um, so again, we look at production. How much can I do? Can I maximize productivity um, being the units produced per hour or unit of time? And how am I getting there? So what does my machine look like after 500 hours of use? And what production has that machine give me? Go to a wheel loader, you know, and you look at payload. But if you go to grade control and you look at a dozer, you say, how much materials that dozer really moved in the hours that it has operated? So that, that whole wear side um, it, it's really a faction again of here's my new machine or here's my rebuilt machine and how much work have I got done now with grade control, it helps take away again, some of that input from the operator and helps utilize that machine in the most effective way, um, in the best operational best practices that that machine is expecting and can handle. You know, if you, if you bury the blade down and you have grade control, there's a few things that are going to happen. You're going to either stall it or the blade just gonna raise up the machine and nothing's gonna happen. And the operator simply understands, whoa, I need to adjust the blade. Or the grade controls already prevented that with some overcut protections and other things that the GPS or the grade control system takes over. Scott and Lonnie, this has been great. Scott, you know how important grade technology is. And, and, and we know that any, uh, any building, uh, any road, that kind of thing has to have good grade or you're just not, you're not going to be successful. Thanks, guys, for your input today. Hey, if you've been listening to the podcast, um, we certainly would like for you to listen to it again. There may be some points in there that you might need to hear again just to make sure you heard that straight. But we're glad, to, uh, glad you've been a part of this with us today. We're also thankful for our sponsors, Caterpillar and ForeConstructionPros.com. And also, if you want to check out uh, some more information, you might check the Caterpillar app. Uh, it's got always got an update of information that can help you there. Hey, my name is Brad Humphrey. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day and be safe. Link to helpful content from cat experts featured on the Cat Landscaping and Construction Facebook page.